Today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the New Japan G1 Climax. And let me tell you, this event is getting better and better every time I sit down and watch day one, day two of the G1 Climax. It's just something that you guys got to watch. Also, we're going to be talking my thoughts about the Clash of the Champions. Um, Roman Reigns heel, is it good or is it bad? But now he's taking this heel persona into Twitter, calling out CM Punk. Also, we're going to go through AEW, the one-year review. That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to another episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. Again, I want to thank you for uh, listening to this podcast that is now on UnhingedSN.com. Again, www.unhingedSN.com. Um, and I am part of that with, along with some other podcasters that are in the um, network. Now... We had an issue over Friday where we were supposed to be streaming live from YouTube. But, of course, YouTube is giving everybody problems. Um, I have a podcaster that I know who all his content was um, deleted, unfortunately. And all the hard work, all his... Um, videos all the stuff that he had online um pretty much you know went down the toilet should we say because a lot of his stuff he claims that he probably erased them um so youtube right now is just on some real bull crash should we say and they're not um doing what they're supposed to do um so fortunately we had to go and change um everything around um so it's just it's just crazy but anyway for so we're now on the internet radio call unhinged airtime.pro so you guys could go check that out um you guys could check out other podcasts the jeff tate podcast you could uh the gridiron gallery i mean you have a lot of other um podcasts and that um and that network and the um, unhinged sports network um, of course unhinged sports network uh, is the pocket um, the website is unhingedsn.com and they also have all the podcasts called nationwide talk you guys could check that out uh, so there's a lot of other podcasts not just me in the network you have others, uh, I believe, let me see if I can look real quick here to so give them a shout out. Uh, uh, yeah, like I said, that JF, JFO MMA Talk, that's another one. Uh, that's a young kid. Uh, I heard a lot of good things about him. So anyway, I just want to let you know, guys, that UnhinchedSN.com is this uh, network I am now. I'm also available in Apple 
Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and any other major podcast that you like to listen. So I'm all everywhere. I'm even going trying to get into the Amazon podcast um, on Flow. So but anyway, let's start this off. I mean, it was a lot of stuff going on this week with the with the G1 climax, and um, so I sat down and watched all these last. I could say four days because, you know, it's hard for me to try to see all these G1 Climax, you know, because of, you know, life and all that stuff. So I sat down and pretty much watched close to eight hours worth of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I could give you my analysis and my thoughts about the um, actual events. Now, um, before last week, it looked like Jeff... um, not Jeff, I'm sorry. Jay White and Taishi was control of the A block. And I kept saying that Jay White, being that he has Goto with him, he is a major factor in that block. He could lock it down and, you know, go go home with it and just go and wrestle whoever comes out of the B block. And I think he could be the one who's going to wrestle the champion, whoever that is, at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, unfortunately, things changed in the A block. Um, during the next four nights, because now we have Taishi, you have Suzuki, you have Ibushi, you have Osprey and Jay White, all with six points, just like that. Some of the matches that from the A block that really, really caught my eye was, um, first of all, Jay White ended up beating Okada again. So Okada at that time only had two points, but Okada came back. And end up beating Taishi and put him out. So now he has his first two points, and Taishi is now stuck on six. So um, that was what the, the upsets so far that I saw in the last four nights of the G1 climax um, was one Jay White beating Okada because I thought, you know. Okada might beat him, whatever. Um, it would not affect him even if he lost to Okada because he already had four points. So, Jay White beats Okada. Okada, it looks like he may, you know, he's still in the running because he has four points. And if you get 12 points by the end of this, you may have a shot to win the whole tournament. So, with that, Jay White beats Okada. Then another shocker on the B block, Joshi Hashi. This guy, he wrestles well. He's good. He does a lot of good things in the in the in the ring, but he always comes out short in these matches. He ended up beating Sonata out of nowhere. Right? So that was in the B block. Then the next upset was Will Ospreay then defeats Jay White. And now uh, I mean this was a match that I was looking forward to because Jay White kind of called out um uh, Osprey. He said, "Yeah, we get we effing getting you now a, a, a heavyweight because, you know, Jay White, you know, he has to say something all the time. Will Ospreay put up a lot of muscle weight. I mean, he still could fly in that ring. He got the best Spanish fly move in the wrestling business, even though everybody else is trying to copy him. That includes AEW wrestling and WWE wrestlers. So that was a shocker seeing that. Uh, another shocker from the B block was Zack Sabre Jr., Pinning Hiroki Goto in five minutes. Okay, in five minutes. 
That was unheard of. That was like embarrassing for Goto. So I thought Zack Sabre Jr. was going to give, oh, actually, Goto was going to give Zack Sabre Jr. a hard time. But Goto came in with an injury on his shoulder, and Zack Sabre capitalized on that. And he beat him five minutes. I I cannot believe it. And then another match that I really was looking forward to was two Bullet Club members, Evil versus Kenta. And the crazy part is, you would think that, um, you know, they're all Bullet Club members. You're going to have all the other guys come out, whatever. Well, fortunately, no. Evil came out with Dick Togo, and Kenta came out by himself. No ghetto, nobody else. And they usually do that too sweet before they all leave the ring. Well, Togo and Evil did the two three. They did not let Evil participate. I mean, not Evil Kenta participate. So that caught me off guard. So what Kenta did during the match was just trying to play mind games, make it look like Dick Togo and him were in cahoots to screw over Evil. Eventually, at the end, um, Evil ends up beating um, Kenta. I find the match didn't make sense. If you're Bullet Club members, okay. Why is Dick Togo getting involved in the matches? And he cost them. He cost uh, Kenta the match. So this makes another wrestler who pinned Kenta. Now, mind you, that the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong and the New Japan Cup USA, Kenta won the World Cup, the Cup, the New Japan Cup USA. So, therefore, that briefcase, he gets a shot at John Mosley, who's the IWGP United States Champion. But now he lost to Juice, and now he loses to Evil. So, after the G1 Climax, he has to defend that certificate because he lost twice to these guys. So, I won't be surprised if Evil ends up beating Kenta and taking that briefcase or Juice, one of those, because he lost twice already. And anybody who loses a match in New Japan... There has to do with um, if you got a certificate or anything, you have to defend that certificate and that briefcase in your next match against whoever pinned you. So that's the way it works. So also, um, so that was interesting. And then the biggest upset of the mall was Sonata. Okay. Well, I just finished telling you that he got pinned by Yoshihashi. Sonata then goes, turns around, and then he goes and pins Naido on the last on the main event of the last G1 Climax that we just had, I think it was, uh, if I'm correct, it was Thursday. I think it was Thursday or Friday. And he pins Sonata. I mean, Sonata pins Naido, actually. So now, Naido, since he got pinned and he's double champion, the IWGP and the Intercontinental IWGP champion, double champion, now his number one contender after this G1 Climax is over is Sonata. Unbelievable, but Sonata got his first two points. He been he lost to Yano. He lost to Yoshihashi. Um, I think he lost, uh, I don't remember who else he lost. But he lost a couple of matches already. I, and, you know, um, it's amazing. It's amazing how one match could turn everything. So the, one, the good thing about this uh, uh, G1 Climax tournament is you could go and end up losing your first two matches or three matches. Doesn't mean you're out of it. Um, look at Minoru Suzuki. I think Minoru Suzuki is the dangerous guy in the A block. Because right now, as it stands in the A block, I'm going to say it, 
is uh, right now, I'll say Will Osprey is number one because he hasn't lost. Then you got Taishi, you got Jay White, you got Minoru Suzuki with six points, all of them. Then you got Okada with four. Um, oh, I mentioned Ibushi. Yes, I mentioned Ibushi has six. I'm sorry. So right now it's a five-way tie. You got Osprey, Taishi, Suzuki, Ibushi, and Jay White with six points. Then you have Okada with four. And then you have um, <clears throat> Jeff Cobb and Ishii and Shingo with two points. If I'm correct. Yeah, with two points. So, it's, 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 they still, even though they got two points, they're still alive. Because guys could, you know, could lose. Um, because this runs all the way to October 17th, I'm correct. So, that's on the A block. The B block right now. The one who's dominating, dominating the blocks right now is Naido, Rob, Juice Robinson, and Yano with six points. Unbelievable, Yano has six points. So, he's halfway to 12. Then you have Kenta with four, Tanahashi with four. Evil with four, Goto with four, and then you have uh, Yoshihashi with two, Sonata with two. Also in the A block, I forgot to mention, uh, Yuhiro Takahashi, the Tokyo pin from Bullet Club, he has zero. He has not won a match, which brings me to the point of underutilized wrestlers that that um, New Japan does and they do not use, which kills me because I'm like... Yuriho Takahashi should have had one, at least one match, you know. He had good matches with Minoru Suzuki. He had a match with Taishi. Uh, he fought Okada, I think, in the first fight, first wrestling, uh, first match of the night. I think, uh, if I'm correct, I think he fought with Ibushi. I'm not sure yet. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is these are underutilized wrestlers that New Japan do not use. Uh, Takahashi is one of them. Um... Who else uh, they don't push that I think they should be pushing hard uh, is uh, from the B block Sonata. Sonata he should have been IWGP. He came in hot as he the hottest heel in New Japan Pro Wrestling a couple of years ago, feuding with Okada, and he's and he has all the tools and all the skills to become a, a world champion in New Japan, and they're not pushing him. They're not pushing him at all, uh, and I mean. They may push him now with the fact that he pinned the world champion in this tournament. But who's to know? Who's to know what's going to happen? Because, I mean, I mean, I don't I don't kill New Japan because New Japan know what they're doing. They, they do two-year storylines, supposedly. So their storylines go back to two years. So they, they long, long-term storylines, which has been good for New Japan. Also, speaking about New Japan, their president, uh, Harold Meiji. Right now, it got. Um, I think he got let go or he left, and that gives an opportunity for New Japan to work with AEW. A lot of the AEW wrestlers were wrestling in Japan when he was in charge, and they did not like him at all. Especially Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega had an issue with it uh, because of the backstage politics that Tadahashi did on him back in 2018, um, and you know, and it's also. You know, even the Gorillas of Destiny, uh, Tama Tonga made a comment about that, about this guy. And you bring corporate goons into the wrestling business and they don't know how to run a, a business, please. I mean, they say they brought, he brought in a lot of money, brought in a merchandise and all that stuff. But other than that, wrestling-wise, you're not doing crap. 
So that's the sad part. But unfortunately, he's gone. Well, actually, no, fortunately, he's gone. And there's uh, something to hear that maybe AEW and New Japan may work together. Stays, you know, you know, it's something to look forward to. So stick around, guys. I have more wrestling news and rumors. And, you know, WWE is next. And we're back, guys. So now we're going to talk about WWE. And I know that a lot of my listeners like to listen more about what's going on in WWE. Like I said, this podcast is just not about WWE. It's about every promotion there is. But WWE making a lot, a lot of noise. With, first of all, with Vince McMahon trying to strong arm his talent to give up their cameo and their Twitch and YouTube channels and sign a contract with WWE stating that WWE is in charge of these channels and any monetary uh, gains go through WWE. So, Andrew Young, or Andrew Yang, let me correct that name quick was a presidential candidate. And a lot of WWE superstars have been reaching out to him. Now, Andrew Yang was in Chris Van Fleet's uh, interview a couple of weeks ago of how WWE was trying to make their talent uh, close down their uh, either YouTube, Cameo, or Twitch accounts because they claimed that uh, things were getting leaked out through those channels. Now, I've been watching wrestling for most of my life. And when I was growing up watching it, you know, back then there was no internet, nothing. You know, you would have to find out what's going on with a guy was coming to town, a catcher of guard. But once the internet came into play, you know, and remember back then, then they had the 1-900 hotline and you get to listen, oh, who's coming, who's not coming. From that time on to the internet era, Things get leaked within the company. Somebody knows someone. Uh, for example, uh, an employee from WWE may know an employee from New Japan or AEW or Ring of Honor. They get into a conversation. He'll say something. He'll tell it to the next person. The next person tells it to the dirt sheet and so on. So WWE using that excuse that they want to take over these superstars account because they scared that things may get leaked. What could possibly be getting leaked when your talent themselves are going on social media, flapping their gums and getting into it with their fans. And when the defense um, go and express how they feel about the product or about the talent's performance, they block them. A good example was the retribution guys, T-Bar, Maze and Slapjack. And then. Uh, reckoning and I don't know who the hell was the other one uh, you know the minute a fan says something especially me I am I'm gonna call her out because me I am is part of retribution and the minute a fan decided to say something about the product say something how the group was exposed on their first night on raw she blocked them and this is what WWE talent does same thing could be said about Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss made a comment over the week where she said, oh, shoot your shot about uh, the storyline between uh, Aaliyah Mysterio and uh, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy is the Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss is going to go and put something 
uh, vulgar in Twitter, and then the fans lashed out on her because they're saying Murphy's 32. She's on uh, Aliyah Mysterio's only 19. Uh, is a statutory rape and all this stuff. And she was like, oh, I didn't say nothing. She's another goofball that gets on Twitter, things that say things and then don't expect reaction. And this is what I'm saying. A good example, I could bring that up, which I'm going to bring up in a few minutes. But getting back to Mix McMahon trying to take over the wrestler's account. If you have noticed, he always said that the wrestlers are independent contractors. Uh, that's not what it says in the contract. If they're independent contractors, why is it that you try to control every move, every saying, everything about about them? They're not independent now. You're using the word independent contractor to f- think that you know, fans are going to be like, oh, no, he's the independent contractor. He could do whatever he wants. No, that's not the way it works. And the fact now you're trying to take a channel that they have created, even through the pandemic, extra money, and you're trying to take that and make it, put it through WWE finances. Which I find it disgusting because Vince McMahon and his goons in Stanford, Connecticut, has been doing so much wrong to a lot of these wrestlers. And and you know what? And I'm going to call out all these independent wrestlers. Some of them I know or I friend them in Facebook, Instagram, whatever. A lot of you defend WWE. Okay? And I sometimes, I sit back and and I say to myself, how can you defend that? How can you defend this company? Um, and you're still thinking about one day working for them. Are you seeing what they're doing to the wrestlers in that company? Do you want to get treated? Then you're not going to get treated any different in there unless you kiss and butt. You know what I'm saying? And in order for you to kiss butt in there, you have to be there for a long time because there's a lot of wrestlers in there. You know, the the, the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club, it's a lot of them there. And I'm sure that you guys who wrestle... And, and put all your hard work in the independent scene, traveling and, and, and doing all these crazy things just to make $50 or whatever it is. Sometimes promoters don't even pay you to go to a big corporate company, public company at that, and try to manipulate your employees to giving up their personal accounts so they could say, so they could keep a uh, put it this way, uh, a tight lip of what's going on in the company. It's never going to be a tight lip in case WWE forgets that, um, you know, um, this internet, everything gets through social media. There's nothing you can hide nowadays. But you know, they 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 trying to you know sabotage. I hope that Andrew Young does something about this, and I'm sure he probably will. Because I think he's going to be the advocate for these wrestlers. And he put him on the spot a couple of weeks ago. And they put him on CNN. And that's not a good look for WWE. Their stock right now was up to $46, $47. Like three months ago, they're down to $38. This stock has gone down. This time last year, they were $110 a share. They're down only to $38. 
as of now. Yeah, the COVID, this is it. But before the COVID, they, their stock went down to 70 when they let go all those CEO guys. Um, I think it was in the beginning of the year. They went from 100 to 60 to $70. Now they're down to 38 Unbelievable. Uh, Carmella returned as the mystery woman. We, I, I, been saying this a couple of weeks ago that we, uh, internet can't do nothing. Like I said just minutes ago, in the internet community, you cannot do nothing because they go and do investigation. And we knew it was Camilla coming in. Um, she complained that her return was, uh, got feedback, negative, negative feedback, and that she is. She forgot how vicious and the trolls on, on, um, on Twitter and social media, whatever. Honey, let me tell you something. First of all, nobody cares if he was coming back or not. You haven't been irrelevant in two years, and now WWE just throws you in there. You, she came back with cosmetic surgery. You could tell her nose was more, uh, very edgy like and. Blonde hair, and I'm not interested. As a wrestling fan, I don't care if you come or go. I don't care. Right now, the hottest thing going on is Bailey and Sasha Bang, which is the hottest feud right now. Which I gotta bring that up because I have to uh, talk about the Clash of the Champions that happened a week ago. Uh, talking about Sasha Banks and um Bailey. <clears throat> Excuse me. The fact that Sasha Banks came back still with a neck brace, swinging a candlestick, does not bring logic to that storyline. If you got cracked with a steel chair while the steel chair was wrapped around your neck, while Bailey jumped from the second rope and stomped it, it was for you to be out of wrestling. And according to the storyline, should have been out of out of the. Uh, out for a while, you know, because that's what sells. That's what makes it interesting. Now, Bailey goes to wrestle. Other people, people be like, I can't wait to Sasha Banks come. But no, WWE goes and brings Sasha Bank at Clash of the Champion, attacks Bailey. Uh, Bailey throws her around for a little while. She's still, oh, her neck is still good. I'm like, what's wrong with this? They're killing the, the, uh, how do they say that? When you want to see a match, you want to see that match. Oh, I can't wait to see Bailey versus Sasha. You're killing the the excitement of wanting to watch this match. She should have never came out at Clash of the Champions. The fact also that Bailey was supposed to fight Nikki Cross, but it's a Nikki Cross couldn't make it. But yet that didn't determine why. We all know it's COVID. Then they don't want nobody to know that there's still people getting infected with COVID. Um, uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax were not in the in the event Sunday. So, and the fact that I'm like, and then to put, um, who was it? Uh, Oscar against Bailey. Uh, another title versus title or another champion versus champion. WWE has run that to the ground. Unbelievable. That's all I gotta say about that. Um, also, um, Roman Reigns. Love his whole heel persona. Love this match and um, in the uh, Clash of the Champions. But before that, 
Uh, I love the 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 ladders match, triple threat ladder match with the Takata the belt. Uh, the whole story was great. Of course, Jeff Hardy goes above and beyond. The crazy part where they put the handcuff between his earlobe and locked the uh, damn ladder in his earlobe was ridiculous. So WWE did very well opening the event show with that match and Sami Zayn winning the Intercontinental Championship. But getting back to Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns' heel persona is on point. They wasted five years. Everybody wanted him to be a heel, and they didn't want to do it. Now, this whole storyline is getting good because now not only did he beat the crap out of Jey Uso, Uso wants another title shot, and now it's going to be at the hell in the cell um, coming up. So it is crazy because uh, I can imagine if that, that, that regular match was crazy, imagine this one. The way I'm looking at this is most likely because he keeps calling himself the tribal chief. Uh, are we going to see The Rock return back to WWE to confront Roman Reigns to have a match at WrestleMania? Because it's going to be in Tampa, supposedly. It's not going to be in LA. Tampa got it this year. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, but that's the word. Um, Tampa has it. Um, the fact, again, that... Um, that this match is happening again with the Uso and uh, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns at Hell in the Cell is pretty good. I see it, my uh, personal opinion on this, I see Roman Reigns and the Usos getting together and calling themselves the Bloodlines and keep calling themselves the Travel Sheep. Somewhere down the line, probably The Rock will return back and that could be set up. But another thing that I'm noticing that Roman Reigns went on social media and said he doesn't like CM Punk and that he would like to slap CM Punk. Now, I'm sure for a fact that WWE sent Roman Reigns to do this. Okay. Um, Roman Reigns has had no issues with CM Punk at all that I know of in the last four or five years. Uh, my, remember, CM Punk left in 2014, 2015. So it's been six years. So all of a sudden, Roman Reigns now wants to slap CM Punk because he doesn't like him. It's all WWE trying to get CM Punk to come out of retirement and wrestle a match with Roman Reigns to put Roman Reigns over so he could get the heel uh, admirations from the heel fans that love him the way he is. It's all ployed. You know what I'm saying? It's just ridiculous. Um, again, I like Roman Reigns' look. I like the fact that he got Paul Heyman, who's a tribal, tribal advisor or advocate, whatever he's calling himself these days. And... I like the whole thing, but the fact that, you know, you're calling out a guy who's not wrestling. WWE is in need to have Roman Reigns stay hot because you got to get real good baby face to fight Roman Reigns. Unless you're going to put him with Big E to feud with him for the next couple of months until Royal Rumble. Uh, who else is in it? Daniel Bryan, maybe. Well, Daniel Bryan hasn't wrestled. He's behind the scene now. Um, you know. Or what's the other guy, the the Kino bro, Matt Riddle. He could wrestle him, a few with him, but who knows. We'll be right back after this. And we're back. So we're going to talk about AEW and the one-year anniversary that just passed on Friday when they uh, opened October 2nd. And it is incredible that this company has so much hate 
uh, feedback and how many which their demise. And yet, a year later, they still here. Different roster. Um, they have many great matches. Uh, good pay-per-views. Exception of one pay-per-view that I thought there was nowhere near the caliber they put up when it comes to pay-per-view. And that was all out. The fact that they, compared to where they were last year, this time last year, they have brought in Lance Archer, Brian Cage, FTR, Matt Hardy, uh, Brody Lee, uh, who else they brought in? Uh, Eddie Kingston. I mean, the fact that Pac is not even there because of the a pandemic uh, is shows you the type of talent that they have. Their problem still lies on the women's division. The women's division right now is still up in the air. When AEW started in October, uh, Riho was the women's champion. Now, fast forward. You got Hiroki Shida, way better wrestler than Riho. Uh, in transition, you, of course, you had uh, Nyla Rose, who was champion at one point. Uh, they have brought in, they have brought in Diamante. They have brought in Veliz. They brought Thunder Rosa, the NWA Women's Champion. They have lost Sadie Gibbs, uh, B. Prisley, uh, which I felt that it was horrible because they before the pandemic there was supposed to be a wrestling match between B. Prisley and Nyla Rose, but that never happened. Um, so it's still they still have the fact they added Thunder Rosa into the mix. Uh, but I don't know if she signed or not with w, uh, AEW or not. Um, but the fact that she's in there, that's a way different. They also signed Sheena Deeps, who used to be a coach for NXT, who was part of the social society with CM Punk years ago. So she's in there. She had a great match with Thunder Rosa a couple of weeks ago. So the women's division is still uh, lacking big time. Of course, Brandy. Um, wants to be like the like the number one woman in there but brandy you can't wrestle for nothing for beings you're horrible you're still horrible whatever anna jay from dark order she wrestles good they got tia monte monte in there from they came from nxt so you they have a, a good crop of women but they don't showcase them on dynamite they showcase them in dark order um and and aw dark but other than that, they don't showcase the woman like they're supposed to. The tag team division, of course, the tag team division is one of the main reasons AEW is successful. My beef with the AEW tag team scene, too many flips, too many hurricanes, too many tope suicida every week. It has become something that you doesn't get you excited anymore. So as these guys are wrestling 90 miles per hour in the beginning of a match, and by the time... The five-minute mark, they already blown out, you know. I do not want to see, again, a 12-man tag team or a 10-man tag team. I don't want to see none of that because they tried to do that a couple, couple of months ago, and the 10-man tag team was bad. The six, the 12-man tag team was pretty good because the members, they were involved in that. It was uh, Omega and Hangman, the Young Bucks, FTR against Dark Order. So they knew pretty much. But when you got guys like Jungle Boy and... Orange Cassidy teaming up with the Jurassic Express. Oh, six and oh five. It's it's crazy. It gets crazy. So it's. Uh, I think the Brandon Colors. Uh, he's he's not going anywhere. Peter Avalon, another guy that I've been talking about him for 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 over a year. Uh, 
they are not making no moves. Right now, as of this Wednesday, Serpentico and Luther are actually going to be in Dynamite, which is a good thing for Jericho's 30th anniversary show. But AEW, within the one year, Moxley is the champion. When they started, Jericho was the champion. So they only had had one, uh, other than Jericho, Moxley. Moxley, the word around social media is that he's the Stone Cold Steve Austin of AEW. I mean, I won't go as far as saying that. He's just a, a, you know, hardcore wrestler. That's his style. He always wrestled like that, you know. Again, people are going to say, oh, but he didn't wrestle like that in WWE. When you go to WWE, WWE changes the way you wrestle. I'm not going to say this again because it's like constant thing that people say. When you wrestle in WWE, you wrestle the WWE way, which what they think you should be, which is three minutes, four minutes matches, which sucks. Um, but getting back to AEW, they have a lot of problems right now as far as storylines because, and I say that because ever since the old law situation, they had me thinking that FTR and Hangman Omega and the Young Bucks were going to be in a three-way tag team. For the AEW tag titles. Because there was a whole story. With Hangman hanging out with FTR. FTR trying to point out to Hangman. That Omega is not really his friend. The Young Bucks are not his friends. Now a month and a half later. Or a month later. You're seeing that Hangman is still in denial. Thinking that he's still a tag team. With Omega. Which now leads us to believe. That Omega is uh, trying to go for the world title, and he's in the tournament, which they announced on Wednesday. Don't know when it's going to start. And to become the number one contender, which I now shows that Hammond didn't like that, and I think he's going to cost them the number one contender. Same way he cost the Young Bucks the championship. And then Omega and Hangman are going to feud with each other. Good match. The far, the the thing that they have been really teasing for the last, I say, four months is the return of the horsemen. You got Sean Spear comes out on Dynamite from sometimes, sometimes they don't. Teasing. The FTR is with Tully Blanchard. At first I thought it was Cody, but Cody came, Cody got beat by Brody Lee, and now they're going to want us to believe that Cody is got his butt kicked at 3 minutes and 27 seconds, and he's going to be Brody Lee in a dog collar match this week coming up. So, again, I don't know where they're going with that, but uh, if Cody beats Brody Lee, I'm going to be very, very pissed because Brody Lee needs to keep that belt and have somebody else beat him for it. You know, not Cody. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Um, so, and the way Cody's been looking with all this black, dark thing, and you have, as you notice, you have not seen R. Anderson at all. Um, so, don't be surprised. They might do the full horseman. They're just probably waiting, making us wait. Which I hate because not even New Japan does this. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're doing long-term storylines, but yet you start a story here, but then you want to start a story over there. You know what I'm saying? The fact that also they've got Rusev, a.k.a. now Miro, um, and the way they brought him in, not a good way. Brought him in as uh, Kip Sabian, best man, and that is his gimmick in AEW, the best man Miro. You took him out of a storyline, which it was horrible because he mentioned it in Chris Van Fleet and he mentioned on AEW Unrestricted of how he, um, they were gonna, WWE were going to make him, uh, the story was that he had a, uh, erectile dysfunction. 
and he was a baby face. I mean, what kind of stupid, sick shit is that? You know what I'm saying? But that's even worse. So for him to go come back as best man in Kip Sabian's storyline that he's going to actually real story that he's going to get married to Penelope Ford was not the great idea because if you were going to, if you was going to debut him, you should have debuted him in a singles match, not a tag team. Because Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss, they're not on point. That's another team, man. Joey Janela should go back to Game Changer Wrestling because they're not using him. He's getting underutilized. Sonny Kiss, I don't care to see him at all. I don't. Um, who else? Um, but guys like that, best friends, um, even though they're goofy and Orange Cassidy, they're kind of goofy, but I like them. Yeah, I mean, I think they're pushing Orange Cassidy a little bit over too much. Um, and... Like this week, he they put him in there with um, Dark Order Ten. Don't know why. I guess they're doing that just to kill time. Eddie Kingston being now part of AEW is perfect, beautiful, because this guy is great on the microphone, and you can't ask for nothing better than that. You can't. Eddie Kingston is on point with his. Now with him teaming up with the Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade, I don't know where is that going. Again, this is the problem with AEW. They bring a story, you don't know where it's going. Making you one that kind of stresses you out because you'd be like, it's not like you want to go and say, oh, I want to, I want to watch next week because you don't know what's going on, you know. It's like leaves you wondering. I mean, right now in AEW, the best storyline in AEW right now is probably the uh, the Young Bucks super kicking everybody, um, and you're wondering what if they're gonna wrestle FTR or not because they like pissed off. If the, this week they kicked Tony Schiavone's head off. And then uh, the Kenny Omega and the Hangman Page. I'm interested in what's going to happen with that. And then the wrestling match that everybody's winning is the Lance Archer versus John Moxley. Everybody want to see that match? I've seen them wrestle before in Japan. And I'm sure that their Japan match is not going to be nowhere near, nowhere near where they wrestle AEW. Supposedly, Lance Archer called covid and he was uh, quarantined for two weeks. He scheduled to wrestle Moxley on October 14, which gives him at least three weeks to see if he wrestles. Don't be surprised if that match does not happen. Do not be surprised. But Lance Archer won the Casino Royale on All Out. Um, and, you know, it's going to be incredible. I think they, they had so many potentials there. You could have had Brian Cage wrestle Lance Archer for the FTW title which uh, FTW title you brought it in nobody he doesn't even defend it you know he's going to defend the belt against Will Hobbs which Will Hobbs did great in all out battle royal but it is what it is so that's my thought the AEW within the one year uh they still need improvement uh compared I mean they had had some great matches the bar wire matches in Omega and Moxley the Pac versus Orange Cassidy and Revolution uh, what else? Um, uh, the Lucha Bros against Young Bucks, I think it was All Out or All In last year. All Out last year where Satana Ortiz came out. Satana Ortiz, they need to get away from the inner circle. Speaking of the inner circle, I believe that Sammy Guevara is going to be the mat, odd man out and, Ma, and MJF is going to be part of that. So don't be surprised because uh, everybody got a jacket this week except Sammy Guevara. So, um, don't be surprised if that's what happens. So we'll be right back after this with last words. We're back with a closeout of this podcast. Uh, as you guys know, Jonathan Gresham and Jordan Grace 
if you guys didn't know, they were a couple. Oh, they are a couple, and they were engaged. They got married not a lot ago. I'm surprised Jordan Grace is still in Impact. I think she's still in Impact because I hardly don't watch that show. But speaking of Impact, Heath Slater has been contacted by WWE superstars. Um, he says he would like to see uh, Mr. Perfect's son, Kerr Hawkins, in um, in Impact, and but. Kurt Hawkins right now, no one has signed him. He hasn't been wrestling at all. So that is something that you guys to look forward to. Um, I know that I think October 24th, I think, I'm, is Bound for Glory for Impact. I don't know what is the card. Um, and as far as Impact is concerned, they're not making a lot of noise. And a lot of people like Impact, and, but they're not making noise. Eric Young is the world champion. Which I am not too crazy about that because uh, they're going backwards. And I men made that clear in a couple when he won the belt. But when they gave it to Eddie Edwards, they went backwards. You should have gave it to, to your younger talent. You know what I'm saying? If you want to make your um, your promotion a you know legit promotion, a, a promotion for the future, you keep pushing the same guys. Um, so... Um, not much to say there when it comes to Impact. The Ring of Honor, um, I know the Ring of Honor um, tournament is still going on. The Ring of Honor Pure Tournament title match. Silas Young lost to Fred Yeti. Uh, I don't know who this Fred Yeti is. Fred Yeti is supposedly, I think he was part, he was, I believe he was NXT at one point. Um, also, uh, Josh Woods, who is Silas Young tag team partner, defeated Kenny King. I mean, that was cool to see that actually Ring of Honor are pushing the younger talent. Uh, Silas Young has been with Ring of Honor for so long. This guy, I think he was a TV champion at one point. He's another guy that underutilized. They're not pushing him like they're supposed to. I mean, even though he's in his 40s, uh, I think he's 40 right now. Um, but Josh Wood, he won the... Uh, uh, Tournament, I think uh, Young Line Tournament. I, I forgot the name of the, the tournament. I know it's for the young people, young wrestlers that come in. Uh, so he's 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 pretty good. He's not that bad of a wrestler. But remember, the, this Ring of Honor stuff is gonna be for another what another five weeks before they start showing who's gonna win the whole thing. I still think that um, it's gonna come down to Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham and the finals. Even though they are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. But that's going to be a great match. I've seen them wrestle before. But that's going to be something. And maybe that will be a story where they'll break them off. And they end up losing the belts. Um, so Ring of Honor right now. Um, I don't know what they're going to do now. Because right now it looks like. Uh, uh, Marty Scroll is nowhere to be found. The guy disappeared from the face of the earth. After the speak, the speak movement. And he was supposed to be the booker. I don't know what Ring of Honor decided to do. All I know is that they said they were still investigating. Sinclair was investigating. And according to a anonymous person, it says when it comes to this, Sinclair takes their time to really investigate when it comes to either, uh, you know, sex uh, harassment or whatever you want to call it. Um, but... It's crazy. Also, from NXT, there's word that they are breaking up the Undisputed Era. Uh, Kyle Riley will be a fan favorite. They're turning him fan favorite along with Adam Cole. They're not going to do that with Bobby Fish and Robert, Robert uh, Roderick Strong. 
So they're going to stay. So all that Undisputed Era, the best faction that WWE has had in a long time. But it wasn't in the main roster. You're breaking them up. Uh, and I feel sorry for Adam Cole because he's still in there. I don't know why he's still there. Jump out of that ship because they're going to bury you. They do not like small guys. WWE does never like small guys. You know, they push the Rollins. They'll push the uh, Baron, Baron Corbins. They'll push, you know, the same guys. They make you, every time you want to put the TV on, you see them, you want to change the channel. And it's the facts. WWE right now is just a total mess. And they're going to have the hell in the cell coming up, I think, uh, in a couple of weeks. And it's not something I'm looking forward to. Um, even though their pay-per-view class of the champion was, I'm not saying great, but it was fair to see. It was um, had some decent matches. The, again, the the Roman Reigns versus Uso match was good. The uh, ladder match was pretty good. Bailey versus Asuka, it was a little exciting. But then to see Sasha come back, but not the way they She's supposed to come back and swing the candlestick. She gets thrown around, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just uh, that's all I can say. Uh, anyway, guys, this is it for my podcast. I want to thank everybody who's listening today. Again, uh, I want to give a shout out to my peoples and the uh, Unhinged Sports Network uh, for you know continuing to push this network and. Let's, let's, let's just get it, so, you know. And definitely, I got to give a shout-out to my boy, Jay Santi and my boy, uh, Mook Matthew, Met fan uh, from Turbo Tabloid. You know, you guys are always um, in my heart. You guys push me to um, to be a better podcaster, and, of course, I can show you my love. Also, I want to give a shout-out to the R32store. That's R32.store. Guys, check it out. He has, my boy Vernon has all types of apparels. You guys can check out his website. That's www.r32.store. Check out for any designs you want. Any, any, he could do anything. You want some designs in your underwears or something, he'll do it for you. On your sneakers, anything. He does everything. So check that out. So again, guys, I have also a YouTube channel, which got me worried right now. Because like I said, YouTube has been bugging out. A uh, YouTube channel called The Chokeslam Wrestling Report. You could check out my video and my content in there. So you could check that out. You can see all my links to my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, uh, you could find me also on, on Instagram. So I'm everywhere, guys. Uh, again, you know, if you want to listen to more of my um, other po- audio podcasts that I have, you could go to uh, the Report.com. That's the Report.com. You can check it out there. Or you can go to unhingedsn.com. You can check it out there. You can find all, all of my uh, archives of all my podcasts from the past. Until then, guys, this is it. Thank you for listening. And I will see you guys for the AEW review coming up. So, remember, this week is the AEW 30th anniversary of Jericho's career. So, they're going to have the dog, the dog collar match. You're going to have uh, Hager and Jericho versus Luther Serpentico, which Luther was the first opponent for Jericho in Japan. So, this is going to be interesting, plus other matches. So, check that out, and I will see you guys soon. Keep that mask on. Stay safe. Until then, I'll see you guys.